This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmelison Associates. Last week, we talked about how to set sales goal for your desired profit number and before that break even, but we're not talking about that anymore. Maybe you already know this number. Maybe you already know what sales target you need to hit. But if not, you need to go back and give that a listen because this is going to be very helpful once you figure out what that number is. Um, But maybe you already have that number and this week is going to help you break it down even more into usable goals for yourself, your service advisor, your technicians, and the entire rest of your team. Before we get into that, though, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Do you struggle to let go of the shop at the end of the day? When you see your end of day balance and how you're tracking this month, it's much easier to enjoy that ball game or that holiday. GetShopware.com. At Repair Shop of Tomorrow, the focus is on helping shop owners unlock their full potential by specializing in an expert coaching and marketing program designed for your specific shop. For more information about their programs, please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com. Last week's episode, I talked about an example about creating my win number that gives me my desired profit for my theoretical shop. So in order to hit that target, I needed to hit $100,000 in sales in a month. But that's a really big number. You know, that's a large time frame. It's a whole month. And also, okay, well, how do we get to that 100,000? That 100,000 itself isn't really an actionable item for anyone on my team, other than it allows me to kind of analyze it after the month is over. But what I always try to do is I always try to break this down to even further into a weekly, daily figure, which makes us a lot more tangible, makes it a lot easier for my team to follow, and it makes it a lot easier for me to monitor the progress of my team to see if we're on track. If I was just to set that monthly target and leave it alone, really the only thing that I'd be able to do is I'd be able to say, all right, well, here I am at the end of the month. I hit $80,000. I need to hit $100,000. All right, guys, we need to do better next month. We are $20,000 short. But if I really want to motivate the team and I really want to set goals and I really want to kind of translate this into a language that they're going to understand, I got to start diving down into the 100,000 and really figure out on a granular basis, even a daily or even a per car basis, how do we achieve this goal? Let's take that $100,000 and I say, all right, team, you know, I went down through, I listened to this podcast where this guy was talking about setting a sales target and we're going to need to hit $100,000 in sales. What do you think your team's going to say? Okay, got it, boss. Now we get back to work. No, probably not. They're probably, well, they might say, okay, boss, I got it. Just leave us alone. But they don't know what they need to do. They don't know what they need to be shooting for. They don't know if they're going to be ahead or behind on that one. And so we need to kind of start diving down into this a little bit further. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to break this down into a weekly target. Most shops run their production. Most shop runs a lot of their sales targets on a weekly basis because, again, instead of doing this once throughout the month, we're going to be doing it each week. They're an average of 4.3 weeks in a month. And so if we want to figure out what our weekly sales target is, we're going to divide $100,000 by 4.3, and that's going to get us a weekly sales target. If you do the math on it, 52 weeks in a year, 12 months in a year, divide you know 52 by 12, that's where you get the 4.3. If you want to get super exact on it, obviously February is a short month. You know, There's other months that are longer. You're kind of missing the point here. 
just take an average because again, I'm not setting this target specifically for June, specifically for February. This is going to be a general target that I need to be hitting or averaging over the course of the year. What we have here is we have that $100,000. Again, like I said, I'm going to divide that by 4.3, which gives me a weekly sales goal of $23,000. We're getting closer to some actionable numbers here, but that still really doesn't show us the path to our goal. And so what I usually do when I'm going through this with shops is I say, okay, you know, 23,000 is still a really big number. What does that look maybe in the form of cars? And so what I do is I'll take that $23,000 and I'll divide that by my average repair order or my ARO. That will show me how many cars I need in a week to hit that $23,000 target. If I take that $23,000 and let's say that my average repair order is $500. So I take that $23,000 and I divide that by $500, that gives me $46,000. What that 46 means is that means that I need to hit 46 cars in a week to hit my weekly sales goal of 23,000. That's assuming that those 46 cars that I work on are averaging that same $500 ARO. But if I can do that every day, every week for an entire month, I'm going to hit my sales goal of $100,000. We're not done yet though, right? Because again, we now have 46 cars. How do we get there? What do we need to be doing? How many people do we need? We still don't know all of these. And if you go to your technicians and say, hey, we need 46 cars in a week, again, that's not actionable for them. They're saying, okay, well then give me 46 cars. So what we need to do is we're going to need to break this in down to a daily basis. And so what I do here is you need to figure out how many days a week that you're open. So if you're open seven days a week, then you're going to take that 46 cars and divide that by seven. That will give you the amount of cars that you need on a daily basis. Now, in my example, I'm going to use the most common one, which is five days a week. So what I will do is I take that 46 and I divide that by five, which gives me nine cars per day. So that means my team works on nine cars per day on average every week for a month. Again, we're going to hit our sales goal of $100,000. So you can see what we're doing here. We're just breaking this down even further. And the general idea behind this is the smaller that you get these numbers, the more realistic it gets. You know, and we'll talk about this in kind of the next section on here because you probably have sales right now. But I'll tell you, if you go to your team that's averaging $60,000 in sales a month and say, guys, we need to hit $100,000, they're going to say, we're never going to do that. That's $40,000 off. But if you break this down into smaller daily, you know, numbers or cars or even hours of labor, all of a sudden, instead of saying, hey, we need an extra $40,000, it might be, hey, I need an extra hour from you a day. Hey, I can't do an extra $40,000. I can probably do an extra hour. This is reasonable. What they don't know is we're actually speaking the exact same language. Going in on that same idea here of getting this information to the technicians in a form that they can understand is technicians don't speak in cars, right? They speak in hours. And, you know, if we were going to look at it, they don't even really look at it as a team. They look at it as individual goals, especially if they're flat rate. So let's say we still have this same nine cars per day goal. So our ultimate goal here is we want $100,000. We figured out a weekly sales target of $23,000. We know our average repair order is $500, which means we need 46 cars a week. Or if I divide that by five, nine cars per day. So let's assume here that my shop has three technicians. So if I need nine cars per day, 
and I have three technicians, that means that I need each technician to work on three cars a day on average. So if that technician works on three cars on average every single day for every single week for you know the entire month and the other team does the rest of their job too, we're going to hit our sales target. But like I just said there, you know, technicians don't think in cars and a lot of times cars have too many variables to it. Because if you did three cars that each had, you know, a half hour of labor on it, you're not going to hit your target, right? Yeah, you hit the cars, but you're not going to hit the goals. And so what I usually do there is then I break this down into, you know, hours. Okay, when I say that I need three cars a day, I don't really care how many cars I have. I care how many hours are on each of those cars. And so if you remember, my average repair order was around 500. And I know that my shop averages around two hours per ticket. So if my technician needs to do three cars a day, then it's another way to say this is I need six hours of labor out of you each day. All I did there was I needed to figure out how many hours on average I'm putting in a ticket and I just multiply that times how many tickets I need in a day. So instead of going to the technician and saying, hey, you need to work on three cars a day, I'm gonna say you need six hours of production per day. What do you think is gonna be more productive for your technician? Tell them to hit $100,000 of sales as a team or telling them, hey, if you can hit six hours a day on average and you can do that consistently, you're doing your job, you're pulling up your end of the bargain, and if the rest of the team is doing as well, we're going to hit our target. This is now actually an actionable item. This is now when that lofty $100,000 goal gets broken down into a format where the technician can say, you know what, this is realistic. I can do this. You know, I'm here for eight hours, maybe nine hours in a day. I need to get six hours out the door. Okay, now I have kind of a mental target when I get here in the morning on, hey, how do I get my six hours? How do I get my seven hours? How do I get my eight hours? And inevitably, you're going to have up days, you're going to have down days. You know, this is all working on average. Do I think that the technician is going to hit six hours every single day, every single week like clockwork? No, it's not going to happen. It never happens. What's going to happen is you're going to have some days where you hit four hours, some days where the technician hits eight hours or 10 hours or five hours or 13 hours. But what we're looking for is we're looking for an average to work out around six. Now, a service advisor you know, has a number of figures in front of them on a daily and weekly basis, so they can analyze this a lot of different ways. But again, you know, a lot of people put too much on their service advisor. You know, they think that because they're working their shop management software, because they are looking or should be looking at some of these reports, that they're a lot more familiar with numbers than they really are. All we're doing here is very basic math, but a lot of people, math is just not their strong suit and especially kind of analytical math of what we're doing. You know, we're using basic calculations to kind of solve more complex or larger issues here. So again, I'm probably going to break this down into hours for them as well. You know, and I might not even say, hey, you know, on a technician level, but if I have three technicians, I need six hours of them. Then I'm going to my service advisor and saying, hey, you guys need 18 hours out of the shop. I don't really care who does it. I don't really care what the mix of work is. If you guys can get 18 hours each day out of this shop, everything else will work out just fine. And you've brought up your end of the deal. Now, the big thing here, you know, on the service advisor that we can't let them ignore is obviously they're going to be the one that is in sole control of our sales, our average repair order, and ultimately our gross profit percentage. 
But, you know, in this exercise, ARO is okay. Gross profit is okay. And so what I'd be going back to my service advisor, I'd be saying, hey, ARO, you're doing great. Gross profit, you're doing fine on. Maintain those levels, maintain those margins and those percentages and focus on the hours. If you can maintain that stuff and you can hit the hours, we will all be fine. At the end of the day, the team needs to know the target. They need to understand the target and they need to know the path to hit the target. If you don't have all three of these, you have no chance of hitting your mark. When you started in this business, did you really think that cars would be driving themselves and that people would be buying cars online without test driving them? I don't think any of us did, yet that's exactly what is going on. On the repair side, the auto industry is changing fast. Customers expect quick answers and proof that they need the repairs that you recommend. They want to pay you while buying a coffee, then rate you on Yelp after picking up their keys. So why stay in a past? A shop owner named Carolyn asked herself the same question, so she created an online shop management system that automates the stuff you do over and over again. She and her team added texting in every step in the process from booking your appointment to posting that stellar review. They learn from their customers just like you learn from yours. And it's the system that's leading the industry into a bright future. Find out more about this and other things at GetShopware.com. At Repair Shop of Tomorrow, the focus is on helping shop owners unlock their full potential by specializing in an expert coaching and marketing program designed for your specific shop. Their mission is to coach the owners to focus on growing their bottom line and building a team culture within their business. At the Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care endorsed program, they train the owners and the staff what right looks like, so everyone is on the same page and driving towards a common goal. Their coaching program focuses on all aspects of your business so that the owner can step back from the daily grind and start to work on their business and not in their business. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. One of the biggest things when I'm talking to shop owners is, you know, maybe we're doing this exercise. Maybe we're just talking in more general terms here. You know what? My team's just not performing the way they need to be. You know, we're just not getting enough work out of here. This is not the sales that I want. They're underperforming and they're just not hitting my targets because a lot of you and you might be guilty of this right now. If you're listening to it, you have a target in your mind that you might or might not have actually presented to your team. You'd be shocked at how many shop owners I talk to to say, well, hon, Art, we need to be doing $20,000 in sales a week out of here. And I say, well, does your team know that? Well, no, but you know, I think I might have kind of mentioned something. I said, well, how can we positively or negatively judge our team if they don't know what you want out of them? Most employees aren't going to want to do a bad job. They're not going to piss off their boss. They're not going to let their boss down. But they could be out there and they could be turning four hours a day. And they say, you know what? That's what I've always done. The boss hasn't said anything about it. You know what? I like to do quality work. I like to make sure I take my time. And this is working just fine. They don't know that you're looking at those hours reports and you're punching the wall and you're all pissed off because they're leaving money on the table and you're not making any money. So open communication is huge here, right? And this is the whole reason why we're breaking this down. Because again, if you go to that team and say, hey, I need $100,000 in sales a month, you now have given them the target. But remember, not only does a team need to know the target, they need to understand that target. All right, what does that really mean? 
And ultimately, they need to have actionable items. What do we need to do? What do I need to do individually and as a team in order to us to achieve this common goal here? The 100,000 is the very top here. And breaking this down to the smallest subset, which is, hey, $100,000 translates to you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Technician, to six hours a day. You can do that. Don't worry about anything else. I'll take care of the rest. These exercises, or you know, this first part of this was really kind of uh, foundational, or maybe um, just to kind of get you the general overview of how you break this stuff down. But there's another level to this because most of you listening to this right now are already running a shop that currently has sales. So you're saying, okay, well, Hunt, that's great to get to 100,000. That's great to break this down. But I already have sales right now, and they're honestly lower than what this target is, right? If your sales are already higher than what your target is, then you can turn off this episode. You got everything figured out. And maybe you do right now. Maybe you did last month, but there had to be a time where you weren't hitting those targets and you didn't know how to adjust or analyze this stuff. You know, and again, right now, or really the last two years, maybe two and a half years, have been some of the best times in the auto repair industry. Most people are making more money than they ever have. Most people have higher sales, you know, higher revenue, higher profits, but this is not going to last forever. We probably are due for a recession here in the next year. There's going to be some pullback. There's going to be some slowdown. There just has to be. This market cannot get any hotter for shops. And so we're bound to come back down to reality. And when we come back down to reality, numbers become even more important. Not that they're not always important, but people are a lot more interested in their numbers when they're figuring out why they aren't making money versus when they're trying to figure out how to count all the money that they're making right now. Let's go down through. And what I'm going to do here is kind of go down what I would say is probably the two most common issues where you look at this and you say, all right, here's where I am. Here's where my target is, and I don't know how to get from point A to point B. Let's just use the same exact exercise that I have above. I need to hit nine cars a day, or my team needs to build 18 hours of billable work. Remember my exercise, I had three technicians, right? And so if I had three technicians, that's setting a very realistic goal for them of, hey, I need six hours out of each of you in a day to hit my target. Now, let's say that we're doing the same exercise and you're doing this for your shop and you set up your sales target and you only have two technicians. You need 18 hours of billable work out of two technicians on average on a daily basis. That means that the technicians would have to average nine hours each every single day, every single week for an entire month in order to hit your target. That would mean that your team is over 100% productivity and efficiency on average. It is not uncommon to do this on a daily basis, right? Hey, we had a really good day. Team cranked out 20 hours worth of work with two guys. Now, it is extremely uncommon to be able to do this for a continued amount of time. If you are continually do this, I will tell you, and I've seen this happen, which is why I can speak in firsthand, and, and maybe you've experienced this as well. If you have two, if two technicians and you really run them and they're expected and they're actually billing out 18 hours a day on a consistent basis, they're not doing that for five years. They're probably not even doing that for one year. You're going to burn them out. Or at some point, you know what, mentally and physically, it's going to catch up with them. You know, maybe you have the car count to do this. Maybe you have, you know, technicians that have the drive to do it. It's just really not probably a sustainable model. 
you know, this is one of those numbers where sometimes having too high of productivity, too high of efficiency, or even I see it on the financial side, too high of gross profit is not always a good thing. You know, it could mean that we're running a little bit lean, which means that we're really profitable, but we're also risking burning people out. Now, in this situation, you know, what I would probably say is you have really two major options here. 18 hours for two technicians is a lot. So the easiest one and the most common one would be to probably add another body in there. Do you need another full technician? Maybe not. If you're just trying to hit that 18 hour target, maybe you could get away with hiring a general service, you know, or shop helper that takes some of the easy work off of your technician's plate and allows 18 hours to come out of the shop. Right. Maybe that that turns into, all right, each of my technicians are turning seven hours a day and I have another guy that's going to get me four. And that's what we call the two and a half technician model. Another way that you could do is you could obviously just add a complete another technician. You know, like we said before, if we have three technicians, they only need to hit six hours each. Again, if you have really good technicians and they're averaging seven, eight hours a day, that's only going to increase your capacity and increase what your potential is. If you were to do this with two technicians, you're maxed out or very, very, very close to max if you can even hit it. There's no room for growth. There's no room for overages. You are pretty much capped out. Versus having three, not only would that probably get you in a sweet spot on where you would end up on an average, by having that extra body in there, you're also giving yourself potential to grow and increase the business that you already have. So that's the first option, adding people to this, adding production, adding labor hours available for your team to be able to produce billable work. The other way that you can you know, rectify this situation is you could raise your labor rate, you could raise your prices in general. What that would do is that would actually allow you to bill less hours, but make the same amount of money. For example, if you raised your labor rate by 20%, maybe now you only need 14 hours in a day. With two technicians now, that's pretty realistic. Again, that's still pretty good productivity, but it's a lot more doable, right? And so essentially what we're doing there is, let's say we're at $100 an hour labor rate, we go to 120. Now we need less hours to get the same amount in sales because we're selling every single hour for more money. What ends up happening is usually a combination of both. Um, Because again, you know, like we talked about before, yeah, if you could stay with two technicians, you could raise your labor rate, but you're still probably limiting your upside. You're limiting your growth because you're going to be running kind of a skeleton crew there. And so what most people probably do in that situation is both, right? Hey, I'm going to add another body in there. Also going to raise our prices because as we're talking right now, you should be raising your prices. I would love it to be quarterly. At least you need to be on an annual basis just to make sure that you're keeping up with inflation. The other example that I want to talk about is something that is probably not relevant right now, but is the most common issue that I see in every, you know, as long as I've been doing this other than the last two and a half years, and that's a lack of card count, right? This is the number one thing that I get asked where I really can't help that much on. Hey, I just don't have the cars, hunt. Right. So we're going down through, we're analyzing the numbers, we're looking at the figures. Hey, you're pricing this stuff well, you're doing good inspections, your repair order looks good, your profit margins look good, but your sales just aren't there because your cars aren't there. So let's say that that same exercise, we need 46 cars a week, but right now you're averaging about 40 cars. And it's not because it's a lack of production. The team is good, the team is looking for work. And honestly, the team is sitting idle because you don't have the cars for it. 
Now, right now, if you're sitting idle for cars, it's a really kind of scary sign because most people that I know are booked out more cars than they know what to do with. But again, like I said before, how long is this going to last for? So in this exercise, we need 46 cars. And let's say that I'm sitting here at an average of 40. That means that I'm six cars short for the week. And overall, I'm 26 cars short for the month. If you're sitting in this situation, what would you do? And again, you probably have two, you know, maybe three options here. The first one is obvious, right? Very obvious solution. I need 26 more cars in a month. I need 26 more cars to come through my door because that would allow me to sell more work because now I have more cars to work on. What I would do there is if I need 26 more cars in a month, I'd reach out to my marketing or advertising people and say, hey, here's my goal, right? And advertisers love this stuff. You know, if you just go to them and say, hey, I need more cars, more cars for me is not the same number as more cars for the person down the street or the person on the other side of the country, right? More cars for some people might be an extra four a month. More car for some people might be an extra hundred a month. But if you're able to go to them and say, hey, I did an analysis here. I'm short 26 cars a month. I need 26 cars extra coming through the doors right now. And you know what? We're not going to settle for 26. Let's just make it an even 30. That's going to be super, super helpful for them. Now they know what kind of plan that they're going to need to build because marketing is all a numbers game as well. If they need 30 cars to come through the door, they know that they need to send out a certain amount of mailers. They need to spend a certain amount on Google AdWords. They need to have a certain amount because, you know, let's just use mailers, for example, because that's a little bit easier. Let's say that you send out, uh, I don't know, 3,000 mailers in a month. And let's say that out of those 3,000, the majority of people ignore them, throw them in the trash, but 150 of those people actually take it out and they read it. Of those 150 people, again, let's say maybe 20% of them actually decide to do something. That's going to give us our 30 cars that we need. All of these numbers, all of these percentages are stuff that advertisers know, not only for you, but your specific market. And so they can back into that figure just like we kind of did here with the sales goal. They're going to say, okay, if we need 30 cars, we need 3,000 mailers or 4,000 mailers or whatever it might be. If we need those 30 cars, we need to spend $600 on Google AdWords because usually we're averaging about $20 you know, per click and a certain amount of clicks get us a certain amount of traffic. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on advertising here. This is what they do best. This is what they specialize in, but we're going to help them help us by telling them exactly what we need, what we expect, and what this business needs, uh, you know, or what our shortfall is. That being said, getting people to come through your door is hard, right? And that's why the advertisers make the big bucks here. That's why they're so important because it can get expensive. And if you're doing this wrong, you're spending a bunch of advertising and no one is coming through your door. You know, a lot of people say, well, that's the advertiser's fault. They're not doing their job, which is, you know, couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, like we saw during COVID, if you guys remember that, you know, depending on where you are in the country, things got pretty locked down. So like if you're in an area in California that had, you know, a stay at home order or something like that, you could spend hundreds of thousand dollars on mailers, but it's going to fall on deaf ears, right? Hey, that's great that you're doing this oil change or break special. I'm not allowed to leave my house. That's an extreme example. But again, you are, you know, taking a big risk here or trying to do a lot to get people to, you know, maybe switch where their car is getting worked on, to come to you, to leave their house, to leave their work, to drop their car off, to fix it, to approve the work and ultimately to pay for it. Right. There's a lot of things in that process that could go wrong. 
So the other option here is what about if you make more money on the cars that are already in your door? It doesn't cost you any more money to try and sell more to your current customers. So a very common way to kind of make up this shortfall on cars is to increase your ARL. If you increase your average repair order, you can again hit the target that you need with less cars. If I want to look at this from an ARO standpoint, what I can do is I can divide my sales target for the week of 23,000 by my current car count of 40. So this means that I need an ARO of $575 on those 40 cars to hit my target. If you remember before, we're currently at 500 ARO. So that means that we need an extra $75 per car in order to hit our target with our current volume. So if I go to my service advisor and I let them know and say, hey, you know what? The cars are just a little bit soft here. We're having trouble getting them come through the door. We're going to try to do this on the ARO side. Let's make sure that our inspections are good. Let's make sure that we're delivering this work adequately. Let's make sure that we're getting good estimates to the customers so that we can ultimately lift our ARO from 500 to 575. You can check my math on this, but you know, if we do this, instead of needing 46 cars, we need 40 cars. And so if we hit 40 cars a week at 575, we're going to be dead on that 23,000 target that we need. And we'd even had to get any more cars through the door. Just like the other example, you can do a combination of two. And generally, that's what most people try to do. Uh, maybe I can't get an extra 26 cars a month. Maybe I get an extra 15. But to make up that shortfall, because we would still be short, you know, about 11 cars there, I'm going to go from an ARO of 500 to 530. You know, kind of splitting the difference, kind of isolating a little bit on each way. And hey, maybe you get both, right? Maybe you get the 26 extra cars that you need. And maybe you also get an ARO a lift of $75, we're not going to be mad about that because now we've just smashed through our goal and we're doing even better than what we expected or what we needed to, you know, kind of meet our target of where we need to be. And then the last thing on this one is, you know, prices are always something that can change it. Anytime that you increase your prices, essentially the idea behind it is you're doing the same amount of work, but you're getting paid more money for it. So if you raise your labor rate, if you raise your parts matrix, if you raise your labor matrix, you're going to be doing the same exact work with the same production, with the same productivity, but you're going to be selling that for a higher dollar amount. Again, in a vacuum, if you were only to do this, if you had that shortfall, you could do it just strictly on pricing. But depending on how big or small your shortfall is, if you try to do this all just on pricing, you could very well price yourself out of the market. I am always a proponent of seeing value in your work, standing behind it, being confident in what you deliver. But I'm also mindful, you know, there's a certain level to this. You still have to be cognizant of your competition. You still have to be fair to your customers. No one's looking here to take advantage of people, to pencil, pit, to pencil whip people. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get paid fairly and paid well for what we're doing. Usually what we're doing is a combination of all this stuff. Hey, let's try to get some more cars. Let's try to increase our ARO. And you know what? Let's make sure that our prices are in line and as high as we can get them while still being reasonable in our given market. There was a lot in this one, um, but I find that when I break down these targets to my clients, things start to click. Just like your technicians, a lot of times when I have the same conversation with shop owners and they say, well, hey, you just need an extra $40,000 a month. Easy, right? And they say, where the heck am I going to get that? 
And then when we start working down through these exercises and say, well, hey, there's a lot of different ways that we can do this. And we're probably not going to just pick one of these areas. We're probably not just going to try to increase our prices. We're not just going to increase our ARL. But maybe a mixture of a couple of these different things will get us there. And even more so, again, if we're just trying to like build a target here, okay, Hunt, but how do we get this? How do we analyze this? What should we be looking at? And what you're going to do is not only is this going to start to click for you, but this is going to start to click for your team. They're going to start to see a path from where they are and where they want to be and be able to kind of go on this process with you. And ultimately, we're going to be able to better motivate and guide our team to be able to achieve all of this. I hope this was helpful for you. Please share this with friends, fellow shop owners that you know. Uh, If you have any questions about this, comments or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. So thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. So that's it for this week. Thanks again for joining me. Stay safe and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.